First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. The Meadows at Mystic Lake has modified its golf policies to follow the COVID-19 public health recommendations and welcomes you to play this award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic golf experience. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a full-service golfing destination, enhanced by nearby food and entertainment, including the Meadows Bar and Grill and Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. It's never too early to book a tea time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Community. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Reckless speculation. Great talk. Juicy rumors. Well, hello there, Minnesota sports-loving friends. This is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment, and this is Reckless Speculation Thursday. And that means we bring our friend in from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. His name is Darren Doogie Wolfson. He brings inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. You can also find his weekly Scoop podcast, The Scoop with Doogie, on scorenorth.com, the Scorenorth app. Doogie, let's start with Timberwolves. A, how are you doing? And B, tell us everything you know about the Minnesota Timberwolves here uh, now that we're we're sort of in this weird dead period. Ben, ben Simmons is still out there. We're wondering if they're still being persistent, but welcome into Reckless Speculation Thursday. Good morning, Phil. I'm doing okay outside of Mrs. W going all in on being upset with me. So this morning oh. at the house, okay. oh, no. we have a guy getting uh, some work finished up in our bathroom, but it wasn't coordinated. It's like okay. we talk about this all the time here in, in the Hubbard Broadcasting Building. We're in the communications business, and oftentimes we do a, a miserable job communicating. Well, the missus and I didn't do a real good job communicating this morning. She didn't wow. tell me what time the guy was coming. So, you know, what are you happens sitting on the, the are, you, are, are, are you sitting on the throne and this guy's barging in? I was sitting on in? the throne. No. no, he didn't barge in. No, he didn't barge in. <laughs> but he knocked like, politely on your I like bathroom. to read on my phone the New York Post. I go through the athletic. I'm on the throne for a little while in the morning. Yeah, I feel Bobby right? would not be happy. You know, right then the now, door man. knocks. The Dude. guy is there, and it's like, uh. and because he's doing all this work in the bathroom, we don't have anything in there. So there's no spray. There's nothing. So I quickly oh open up the God, window. Dude. It was just, it was very awkward. So you're like, it was I'm, a I'm weird... like this, this Jeff Daniels Dumb and Dumber scene. It was just, it was a very, very bizarre beginning to my day. But now that I'm with you guys, I'm that in a much better mood. Very reckless. It's a guy who deals in bathrooms. He's used to smells. Okay, I probably, but it just, it, okay, it was. I'm telling you, smell. incredibly awkward. All right, Timberwolves, what's going on? Yeah, so Timberwolves. So the sense is they are willing. Probably no surprise. They're willing to wait out on the Ben Simmons front, that it's not just the Wolves, that some other league people feel like that there's an inevitability here. That Jed, I told you that I actually thought Ben Simmons was going to get traded on draft night right around, you know, that late July, you know, early August start of free agency that I thought by now, like if you had asked me a month ago, hey, we're sitting here on August 26th, I would have told you Ben Simmons is an X-6er. Clearly he is not, but there is a belief 
Wolves, other teams, that Daryl Morey is going to have to move Ben, that he just he can't go back to that market after the way that Atlanta series went. Now, Daryl always asks for the moon. He's continuing to ask for the moon. But the Wolves are willing to wait this thing out. Yeah, it's still a long shot. Let me remind everybody, most trades talked about in this league just never happen. But the idea that the Wolves still want Ben Simmons badly is a thing. That dialogue is is ongoing. I'm not quite sure I would paint it the way that Woj and some others have painted it that the Wolves are being persistent just from the standpoint of Maury knows where Rosas stands. I mean, they text talk, you know, relatively often, but it's not like they're talking Ben Simmons on a daily basis because Maury knows how badly Rosas wants Simmons. You know, so there is some talk of trying to involve a third team, but now we're to the point of the offseason where a lot of teams, a lot of front offices are mixing in some vacation. They'll get back going after Labor Day. So it's a little bit of a slow period. Not necessarily on the Wolves front, like Patrick Beverly was in town yesterday for his physical. The trade was officially announced. Beverly's agent was in town. Beverly's agent also represents restricted free agent Jared Vanderbilt. So those talks are ongoing. So the Wolves right now are still in the office working pretty hard. Some of the front office guys may escape here next week for a little bit through the holiday weekend, but the Wolves are still working pretty hard. But I know that some other teams are on vacation right now through Labor Day. So trying to involve that third team might take a little bit more time. And again, like I stress this a ton, Phil, it is an incredible long shot. But just make no mistake about this. The Wolves are still trying very, very hard to acquire Ben Simmons. That's interesting. Um, I would love to know. I mean, there seems to be such a gap between what Daryl Morey thinks they can get, right? All these reports about three or four future first-round picks and an established superstar player. It's like, well, everyone saw Ben Simmons in the fourth quarter of playoff games. I don't think anyone's dying to give up four future first-round picks and like Bradley Beal. Um, So I think my question is, what do you think the price tag is? And, And if Philadelphia doesn't get the price that they want, what is their appetite for carrying Ben Simmons into the regular? A guy who, by the way, hasn't responded to phone calls and texts reportedly. They can't get a hold of Ben Simmons because he's just like, double birds, I'm out, screw you guys. Um, the Timberwolves brought Jimmy Butler into the season a few years ago, and that was a train wreck, but they did. They brought him into the season. I think everyone expected him to not start the season with the Wolves, so it does happen, but... Um, what's your sense about the price and the appetite for the Sixers to say, no, we're not going to get, we're not, we're not just going to trade him for 50 cents on the dollar. He's going to play the first game in a Sixers uniform. I think that would be a really, really slippery slope. Now, maybe he does start the year. You're right. I mean, I buy that steam that there's been a lack of communication that Ben really doesn't want anything to do with the Sixers. This offseason. But like, by the way, real quick, there's there's video. Yeah. I think it's Ben Simmons in his camp putting out video. There's like NBA pickup games happening this oh, offseason. Yeah. And yeah. he's just like bombing jumpers from three. And now he might have taken a hundred, clank ninety-eight, and the two swishes got put on his Instagram account. But there's definitely jockeying for position here uh with all camps trying to frame this. Hey, look at Ben. He's a three point. Well, there's now. a lot it's of guys great. out in LA. Heck, his Sixers teammate Tyrese Maxey, they share representations. So I know he's been playing some pickup with Maxey. 
some other. So, yeah, I mean, those games happen all the time. I mean, Cat's out there. I don't know if Cat's playing in those specific games, but it's it's a specific trainer that trains a lot of guys that, that he runs an open gym out there in L.A. I've seen the same video clips. They're out there. If you do a Twitter search, Instagram search of of Ben Simmons, you can you can find those video clips. Like, never say never, Phil. I suppose it's possible, but I just – I know whether it's Doc, whether it's Dave Yeager, Minnesota native, Jagabombs. On that Philadelphia staff that that Yagabombs. Yeah, yeah, it just it would be really, really odd if if Ben is there. I think there would be a lot of friction. Philadelphia has all sorts of aspirations this year. They still feel like they're a top three, top four team in the Eastern Conference, that it can be a special year with or without Ben. Daryl's not getting the Drew Holiday package. He's just not. But I think that Drew Holiday package, what Milwaukee gave up for Drew, I think that reset some of these superstar trade talks to some extent. I mean, that just that was a really healthy package that Milwaukee gave up. Now it had it worked out brilliantly for for Milwaukee. Clearly, Daryl's not getting three or four, or four first round picks, even with the four years remaining on Ben Simmons's contract. Right? Like it's just it's not happening. So at some point, he's going to have to come off that cliff. The question is, because I still don't have a sense that, that Daryl has interest in Malik Beasley. I do think he is a fan of Patrick Beverly, but you have to wait a little while anyway to aggregate him in a trade. You have to wait a, a couple months. And really, I mean, it's not like Patrick Beverly is going to be the centerpiece of, of any Ben Simmons trade. He would just, he would even out the money. But until I hear that he likes Beasley, some of the other pieces the Wolves are willing to move. That's where I, I keep thinking it's it's still a long shot, but they're trying. I mean, I guess credit the Wolves for for at least doing as much as they can to make this happen. I think the difference is, and what they're going to have to come to the conclusion of, is, you know, Jimmy Butler got booed here when he was trying to actively get out and the Wolves balked. Uh, I'm sure James Harden got booed in Houston. Ben Simmons will get lit up in that market. Philadelphia will light him up. I mean, it, it would get, it's there's situations that are tenable and you try and live through them uh, to get the best package available. There are situations that are untenable. And if Maury doesn't realize it now, he will. If Ben Simmons comes out opening night and does not shoot well, which my guess is psychologically, he probably would not, it would get ugly. And so the difference there and where Gerson's probably smart is just, hanging back, waiting and seeing, and if nobody trumps his package, heck, with draft picks too, it might just be you're going to have to take the best opportunity that you can get because playing him in home games in Philadelphia would be a big chance to take. I mean, the you could ruin him completely fairly quickly. Those Philly guess. fans would eat him alive. I mean, it, unless you've been there and seen games there, you don't understand what they can do. I mean, they're not, they, they, they don't sort of not like you. They don't sort of, you know, we're provincial, right? You don't like Minnesota, Jimmy Butler. Why, why wouldn't you like Minnesota? Boo. Um, the, it gets personal there. It gets ugly there. It goes off the court there. I mean, there's enough, there's enough that you would say, this is not worth trying to orchestrate um, some huge trade when we can get a decent package back. For and it. that's exactly the thought process of, multiple teams. It's also advantageous that the Wolves are in the Western Conference, that the Wolves, some other teams in the West, feel like that Maury isn't going to move Ben Simmons to a team in his conference. 
But there's also a thought that Philadelphia still feels like that Damian Lillard is attainable. Now, Damian was on some podcast earlier this week or some video stream uh, once again saying he's not to the point of of asking out. But, uh, you know, he used the word yet. Not yet. Like a lot of people think it's it's going to happen. Well, a lot of people think, Phil, it's going to happen next summer. That after this upcoming season that that Lillard is going to ask out that Portland will eventually move him. So that maybe is is one hurdle. Does does Philadelphia hold out thinking that, that they can use Ben plus more? I mean, probably Maxi, maybe Thibel. I mean, Philadelphia would have to add to Ben, maybe even a, a future first, multiple future first. But could they entice Portland with a package like that? that they need Ben for a pathway to acquire Lillard. But I'm with you, Judd. Like, it's Reckless it's vitriol. It's, it's a different animal there in Philly. It really is. And so I'm just telling you, like, I know the Wolves internally have, have talked about this. Other teams have as well. That because of that, because of what you laid out, it just doesn't seem realistic that Ben can start the year in Philadelphia. They literally, like, they won a Super Bowl, and like 15 minutes later, everyone was so mad at the coach and the, both quarterbacks. Like, they just drove everybody out of town within 15 minutes. Um, by the way, these reckless speculation discussions presented today by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you are a business owner out there, and it's been just a tumultuous couple of years, uh, if you're looking for updated risk management tools, if you're looking for the best resources and people in the insurance industry, Federated provides that. They're also supporters of Timberwolves and Lynx basketball. So check them out, federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Reckless speculation. All right, what else? Uh, Patrick Beverly, we'll talk probably more about this tomorrow uh, just on uh, with, between Judd Declan and I. But Patrick Beverly has been all over Twitter. He's kind of all in on this thing. He's he is, yeah. very much excited to be a Timberwolves. Ironically, he's wearing Andrew Wiggins' old number, and he might be the polar opposite player and personality of Andrew Wiggins. Um, Not much. I mean, personality-wise, he's the complete he opposite. Is, for sure. So what are you hearing about Beverly's arrival and any other Wolves nuggets in your bag? Yeah, I mean, it's what I tweeted when when the news broke, you know, nine, ten days ago, that, that he's legitimately excited about this. I had a lengthy chat with, with his Chicago-based trainer, Jeff Pagliaca, who's worked with Beverly for nine years, so knows him incredibly well. He's had a number of conversations with Patrick the last week or so. He said he conveyed that Patrick is is very happy with this move. That Rosas is is one of his guys. That that going way back, I mean, Beverly's journey is is fascinating. Three teams overseas, was in camp with the Miami Heat at one point years ago, got cut. Like for him to get to this point, signing a three year, forty something million dollar contract, that life changing money. Like, it's one heck of a story. And Rosas helped discover him. It was Rosas, Maury, some other people with the Rockets years ago. But I think there's this sense that, that Beverly is is almost, you know, I don't want to say forever, but but indebted in so many ways for for so long to Gerson for helping make his, his NBA dream a reality. So, yeah, Patrick is is pumped up. Now, he's made the playoffs every year of his career. A lot of that is because of the surrounding cast he's yeah, had. He's, I, LA, I think he's, Houston. He's, he's not just along for the ride. I mean, he's a role player, but like he, ha- I think he has some influence there. Yeah, well, yeah. 
but you know, I mean, he's still going to play heavy minutes. You know, he's still going to play some crunch time minutes because because of yeah. his defense. You know, so yeah, I mean, he had something to do with that. So. Like, he wants to win, so, you know, depending on where the Wolves are in the standings on, you know, February 24th, uh, it could be a different discussion. But, yeah, as we sit here right now, I can just tell you, and I'm sure, you know, he'll he'll say this whenever, you know, he ends up meeting with us, whether it's via Zoom or an in-person news conference, that, that he's legitimately pumped. I mean, he's been a part of the, the team group chats. He's connected with, with every team leader. He's connected with Cat. He's connected with Ant. He's connected with D'Lo. And so, yeah, he's he's pumped up. He really is. Yeah. And it's a so trade. I'll go back. It's a trade I, I would have made. That that Jared Culver, Wancho Hernan Gomez just didn't have, uh, either didn't have a future here. That You could argue that, that going back to the to the first move they made, Torian Prince uh, for Rubio. And Torian Prince is in town right now, you know, getting some work in. He's been, he's been a part of, of these group chats. You can make a case that, especially the way Ricky looked in, in Tokyo, that you'd rather just have Ricky. Like, if you could have Ricky or Beverly, that you'd rather have Ricky. I can understand that. But this one singular move, Beverly for, for Culver and Hernan Gomez, that is that is absolutely a trade, if I were Gerson, that I would have made. Yeah, Judley. So, Dukes, on to Vikings. Um, the final cuts are going to be made from 80 to 53 next Tuesday by th- 3 p.m. I've got a three position groups here where I think they're going to explore the waiver wire. I think they're going to explore available veterans. And I think that, that the 53 that we see at approximately 3.01 PM on August 31st is not going to be close to what the final roster is. My three position yeah. groups, my three position groups are offensive line uh, where I think they would probably like to get some veteran help, depth help linebacker and safety. Your thoughts. Well, and maybe backup quarterback. I wouldn't necessarily dismiss. Oh, that's a, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. If they actually made, I wouldn't actually be surprised if they made a trade there. Well, I mean, like, I I instantly thought. I mean, whether it's Rippin or Drew Locke, you know, with Rick and, and George's relationship, George Payton, the the new Broncos general manager. I think Drew Locke might be. Sign me up. Still, though, is Sign there up. is there I a match there? Dude, there are so many Drew Lock red flags at this point. Like the fact that that dude there's just got Teddy red flags, Teddy Phil. I wish you could have been there in Egan. But that's even more of a Drew Lock red flag. That's like, yeah, probably. Drew Lock's arm is good. I would that's take Drew Lock as a backup. Yeah. If he's my number two, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're going all in on Drew Lock as as your guy, yeah, you're mm. probably limited ceiling wise. But mm. I would take Drew Lock as as my number two, depending on mm. on the price. And heck, Rippin looked good. You know, a very small sample size, but in the two days in Egan, I thought Rippon threw the ball pretty well. So Denver might feel like, hey, with Teddy, with Rippon, you know, if we can get a, a middle round draft pick for for Drew Locke, let's do that. That's me more, you know, recklessly speculating. I'm just saying that's something that hit me when when we heard the news on Wednesday about Teddy winning that job. But yeah, Judd, it's all those it's all those positions on the safety front. I mean, they've already reached out on Will Parks, so the Chiefs just let him go. The other day, the Vikings tried to get him March of 2020, March of this year on a on a veteran minimum deal, yep. and it doesn't sound like they're going to sign him right now. Like Will Parks is one of those guys where they would wait until after Week One because he's a vested veteran that they don't want to guarantee his contract. But that is a name to to keep an eye on. Heck, the Packers just let go uh, former Burnsville High School star, former Gopher star Kamal Martin. 
There's a lot of injury history there with Kamal, but I do know pre-draft a year ago, the Vikings liked him a decent amount. So I'll be curious to see later today. Now, if I'm the Jets or the Jaguars, I would probably put the waiver claim in. Like, why not? I think there's enough there with Kamal where I would take the chance even with with the medical red flags. But, like, if he gets to the Vikings, you know, waiver claim-wise, that's that's something to keep an eye on later today. Offensive line-wise, they had Roderick Johnson, the former Houston Texan, in for a workout on Wednesday. I mean, he has started games for the Texans. You know, now he wouldn't come in and, and usurp, you know, Rashad Hills, the starting left tackle, but he could be a better option as as the backup left tackle compared to, to what they have right now. So we'll wait and see if, if they end up making him a contract offer. They are below the 80 uh, limit right now. So if they wanted to sign Johnson today, they could. So that's something that, that I'm keeping an eye on. But yeah, it's it's all those positions you named, Jed, 100%. Uh, did you already mention Barr? Did no, we talk well, about Barr? We talked about him the other day. I mean, and I had mentioned before Zim finally went on the record with it that that it's not related this injury. It's not related to the to the pectoral surgery he had 11 months ago. I'm led to believe it's a it's a lower body injury. He hasn't practiced in full since August 5th. So, there's definite cause for concern. Adam Zimmer went on the record earlier this week saying we don't know if we'll have him for for week 1. So, he opened up Pandora's box ever so slightly you know saying that I will say this like Barr knows that defense him Kendricks Harrison Smith as as well as anyone it's not like he needs preseason reps but yeah when you haven't done literally anything he actually did some individual drills like August 9th but really you haven't done much over the course of the last three weeks if you're a Vikings fan yeah like be concerned it's a distinct possibility that whether he's limited or just it it doesn't happen where he doesn't play that we may not see Anthony Barr early in the season. Yeah. Um, hey, before we uh, say also goodbye one here, other, by the way, the, the Iowa State rookie running back that's been out. Judd, uh, remind me, I think it's a knee Kanae, injury, left knee injury. Nwangu. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if, if he starts the year on, on injured reserve, but we'll find mm-hmm. out early next week definitively. Alexander Madison is okay. He got hurt on, on the second catch last weekend in the in the Colts game. He won't play tomorrow, but I'm told Madison will be fine for week one. We're one week away from Gopher football, Ohio State next Thursday. Um, any sense at all about how good or not the Gopher football team is going to be this year? I know they're 41st, I believe, in the ESPN.com FPI preseason rankings. So not a, not terrible, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I actually think a lot of people are underselling how, how good they will be. Like I saw some of the betting odds, you know, with Wisconsin and Iowa to win the West. Northwestern is is sort of up there. And like the Gophers are almost paired with Nebraska. And I'm like, what? With all those guys coming back, a lot of guys from that 2019 team that only had the two losses that won the New Year's Day game against Auburn, like that entire offensive line is back. Now, I do think this team goes only as far as Tanner Morgan you know, passing-wise can take them, even though they are going to rely heavily on the run that they should have. One of the best, if not the best, running game in the Big Ten. You know, defensively, they had a lot of issues last year, but they brought in a lot of new guys. I mean, they brought in Pinkney, the transfer from Clemson, defensive tackle. I mean, he won multiple, you know, big-time games as a Clemson Tiger. You know, he's played a lot of football uh, for Dabo Sweeney. Uh, he's going to play a lot of snaps for, for P.J. Fleck. They brought in the Martin kid, the, the defensive line transfer from North Carolina State that's played a lot of games. 
in the ACC. They added some new guys at, at the linebacker position. Coney Durr is back for like his ninth year at cornerback. You know, there's some question marks about that that second cornerback. They will be tested. I mean, Fleck went on on the record earlier this week suggesting that I think there's some hyperbole here, but the Ohio State wide receiver group is is legitimately great, but he said it's it's the best that, that he's ever seen or at least he's ever prepared for, you know, game-wise. Uh, so those Buckeyes receivers are going to test uh, the Gophers next next Thursday on on campus. I would take the 14 points, though. I think it'll be a competitive game. I haven't done a whole lot of Let's research on, on the Buckeyes. Let's get that cover, baby. Get, get that cover. Get Just more than two touchdowns. Your quarterback. They should be As pretty they good, though. Say, they should. Cut the head off first, right, Doogie? I mean, they do also play ball. Indiana, cut so the, the crossover off. games uh-huh. don't do them a favor when you're playing Indiana and Ohio State. But, yeah, I I think they're going to exceed a lot of the national expectations, where a lot wait, of the wait, national wait. expectations are, hold you know, on. pinstripe bowl in New York, hold on, hold on. December 29th, maybe win hold seven on, games, maybe eight. I think they have a chance to get to nine wins Duke, for Duke, sure. Duke, hold yeah, on, hold yeah. on. Ohio State, I get. Indiana, if you can't beat, and I know that they're really improved, and that's great, but if Indiana's a problem, you got a problem. The <laughs> Indiana game, I look at that and say that's a pretty – if I have to take like Michigan, Indiana, Ohio State, I'm taking the Hoosiers. Like I, I'll play them. Bring them on. Look at Indiana last year, Judd. They've built I know the good, thing down there. But I'm saying, look, look at look at the Gophers row the boat 2019. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, I would rather <laughs> play. Boat. I would rather play Michigan State as a crossover. You know, I just I would. You know, right? What? Give I, give me Ohio State. And they'll 10 get them next year. They got Maryland too as a crossover, right? Heck, I think I'd rather. This might be a completely asinine statement. I think I might rather play Michigan this year than Indiana as a crossover game. After Michigan beat the Gophers by what twenty five last year. I love it, Judd. You got to keep up on college football, yeah, man. man. Indiana is a powerhouse. Let me throw in a Gopher basketball Coach note. Crazy. They have an Osseo kid uh, wrapping up an official visit today. I wouldn't be shocked if if they end up with with Ola Joseph. I don't know if he commits today, maybe waits a little bit, but I would not be shocked if, if he's added to, to Pharrell Payne of Parker Cottage Grove, who committed the other day. I was actually with Pharrell yesterday. Really, really good uh, young man. Just He was really, really impressive uh, when I talked to him for about 10 minutes on, on Wednesday. Then Braden Carrington of, of Park Center High School committed earlier this month. So it's been a nice little run on the recruiting front for, for Ben Johnson and Dave Thorson. There it is. Darren Doogie Wolfson. Speculation. Couple more Inside notes. Inside information. So with school starting for, for a lot of kids, like Monday, right? You're going to see now, we've seen maybe some some interesting football notes with you know the fall sports ramping up high school-wise, but you're going to see some basketball transfers here pretty quick. There's a there's a really good kid from from down south here in Minnesota that's that's transferring to a school here in the metro area. And I know uh, my guys at, at Hopkins are picking up a pretty good player, so we'll have we'll have some official news on that front here in the in the coming days. Awesome! Find his weekly podcast, The Scoop with Doogie, Scornorth.com, the Scornorth app, and also uh, Five Eyewitness News. You can see Doogie's absolutely. Uh, and Judd, how about this? Work. You'll love this, Judd. So later today, I'm bonding with Adam Oates. Oh, he's in town yeah. working with some Whoa. NHL guys, working with some Gopher Wait. guys at a at a rink in the West Metro. So I'll be bonding no with Adam kidding. Oates and some NHL guys today. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure you might see Zach and Ryan somewhere. I would not nearby. be shocked. Yeah, Ask for sure, Zach. Play tips. Yep. 
Accurate. Sure, talking very respectfully yes. about the wild uh, ownership <laughs> in front office. Yeah, no, yes. those will be fun right. off-camera interviews. Trust me, <laughs> and Mike Yo too. I'm, they all loved you. Yeah, all absolutely. All right, see you, boys. Bye. See you, dude. All right. All right. Reckless speculation. All right, um, reckless speculation Thursday rolls on here, and you might think, wait a second, I thought, thought Doogie was the one bringing all the scoops to the Mackie and Judd show on Thursdays, but. Judd Zolgad, you got a little uh, little Viking steam for us, perhaps? Maybe. Yeah, well, you know, I've got, I've got a little bit of steam based on <clears throat> just some rumblings I've heard. They're very reckless, but that's so these okay. are rumblings, or is it steam? I would say that these are no. I would say that they're rumblings because while I trust what I've heard, are I they also, whispers? Are they I whispers? Also, I also think that that it, it's logical to connect the dots here. I'm gonna I'm connecting some dots. Okay. And and I've heard some stuff, but I mean, this is so. If this is speculation, if this is a game of telephone, I'm like the fourth one. Okay, so mm. so so whatever you're about to tell us could be completely different than what the actual truth or the origin is. A little bit, yes. But yes. this is but, reckless speculation Thursday, exactly. so we're just so going to go worried with it. about. We're we're worried. We are. I consider ourselves to be sports detectives. And if you're a sports detective, like the case is not always presented. Like the killer does not come and say, I killed, I confess. You got to smoke them out. Sometimes you got to smoke them out. Sometimes sometimes you have to run a long investigation. Sometimes you have to go to Egan day after day, the TCO Performance Center, the scene of the crime. And you (laughs) have to go and you have to talk to people and you have to do interviews. Good cop, bad cop. Okay, so you're telling me the the beginning of this game of telephone is something to do with like personnel, and the end is someone got murdered at TCO Performance Center. It's what it sounds like. Right. You know what? Interpret it any way that you want, Phil Mackey. Interpret it any way that you want. But I want to talk contract extensions uh, because we are in that very Viking sweet spot as opening day approaches. Uh, it was the Saturday before the opener last year that that Dalvin Cook. Got his contract. Uh, going way back when, it was the Saturday before the Sunday opener against the Chargers in San Diego at the time that Adrian Peterson got his contract. So it makes it makes sense in connecting the dots that although we don't have a contract announcement on a Brian O'Neill or Harrison Smith yet, that one of those guys is likely to get done contractually be- right before the season starts, okay? And I want I want to present the Evidence of the rumblings that I've heard to you as far as, as who might get done first, because I don't think both of them do before the Cincinnati game. All right. Exhibit A, let's start there, going through the crime scene. Exhibit A is Harrison Smith's contract. Now, the rumbling that I've heard is that while, and Dukes confirmed this going way back, while there have been plenty of talks between the Smith camp, and keep in mind he's in the last year of his contract with no guaranteed money left so it behooves him to get a new contract um that there might have been a fly in the ointment when and and this is where it gets a little bit difficult if you're both sides to be honest with you jamal adams of the seahawks recently became the highest paid safety in the league four years 70 million 38 million guaranteed now that contract term-wise is not what Smith is going to get because here's here's the big sticking point. Jamal Adams is 25 years old, so he's like right smack yeah. dab in his prime. 
Harrison Smith, who's very good, is 32 years old. So I think it's the, I think what they're probably working off of, Phil, is the financial figure and how to get that right for Smith. Because I don't think there's any way a 32-year-old safety gets four years. I don't even know how. So real quick here, is the insinuation, is the is the game of telephone, are you saying that they may have had some framework or discussions that were talking about one type of contract, let's say a month ago or six months ago, and when Jamal Adams signed his extension for $17 million a year average annual value, mm-hmm. and by the way, uh, Harrison Smith's current contract pays him $10 million a year. And he is outside the top 10 highest paid safeties in terms of average annual value that the goalposts have moved a little bit here. Yes. But I don't, this is the thing like Harrison is, I think Harrison's a hall of, he's for sure a ring of honor Vikings hall of famer. He might be a pro football hall of famer before it's all said and done. I think like if the Vikings were to somehow win a super bowl before the end of his career, I think it would stamp and solidify him as a pro football hall of famer. But he's 32, like you said, going to be 33, I want to say. I can't remember when his birthday is. I don't know how you can compare to Jamal Adams in his physical prime. I get that like maybe that raises the bar for, oh, maybe it's an extra couple million dollars. Correct, right. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. it. It is a little puzzling as to why him, and I know we're going to get to somebody else here too, why they haven't signed contract extensions yet. So – how much hardball would you play if you're the Vikings? Like, would you? So Harrison Smith has no more guaranteed money left at all beyond 2021. So you could just be, if you wanted to, you could just say, "Well, you're." It's been an amazing 10, 11 year run, but you're just in your mid 30s now, and we're not gonna we're not gonna commit that much money to someone in their mid 30s. Um, how willing would you be if you're the Vikings to just play hardball? And walk after 2021. I don't know that I'm ready to do that with him yet, but I'm also not ready to overpay a 33 year old. I think it's a th- tough this situation. De- this depends to. Uh, this is difficult because one, it, and we don't know this. It it comes down to term. So what? Like if they're like, okay, let's do a two year extension and let's make it fair. I'd probably say, yeah, that's cool. If they're saying, hey, Jamal Adams got four, Harrison's got at least three good years left. Let's go three or four. Um. I struggle with that big time because because there is a cliff. Now, it's safety, so it's not the same cliff as cornerback, which is what I'm sure his camp is arguing, but there still is a potential cliff here. The other problem, too, Phil, is if you go short-term, that, of course, as we know with Kirk's contract, is accelerated immediately on your cap. Like, like you can't hide, you can't hide uh, uh, cap charges in year four or five if there's no year four or, or five. So I think you put it perfectly. I think the Jamal Adams contract moved the goalposts. And and now it comes down to do you want to stay here and and do what's best for the team and obviously, you know, the Vikings and they should value him or do you want to go after because you're still good, really good potentially, one more big payday. And if the if the answer is no, you know what? One more big payday, I could make a case that you can't afford to keep him. And that's no slam against him. That does not mean he's not very, very good still. I think he he is. Um, But right now, you can't assume Kirk Cousins' cap hit is coming off your books for 2022. You can try and and get towards that point. 
But like, if you're like, oh, it will get rid of that contract. Okay, there's there's going to be ramifications towards that. So if this is another potential short-term deal and Harrison Smith's like, I'm getting paid too, um, th- this comes back to our long-standing conversation, which is Rob Brzezinski's great at what he does, but even a guy like Brzezinski at some point in time reaches a point where he probably says, guys, this isn't going to work. Yeah, and by the way, this is the last year of Harrison's contract. So he he's had uh, he had no guaranteed money left going into this year, but now there's no there's no 2022 year period. He's just Correct. a straight up free agent after 2021. Correct. And honestly, if you're if you're Harrison Smith, I think you at this point, I don't want to speak for him, but wouldn't you want to finish your career as a Viking? Or maybe like what's more important? I guess maybe I'm answering my own question. Finishing your career as a Viking. Or winning a Super Bowl. If he thought, "Hey, I can I can hit free agency after 2021. I can also decide to re-sign with the Vikings, right. and I'd, I'd like to see right. where they're at. Who's the quarterback going to be? Who's the head coach going to be? Like, if I'm Harrison, I would be a little hesitant too. Wait, if you're going to fire Zimmer, and I love Zimmer, mm-hmm. and I don't know who my quarterback's going to be on the other side of the ball. Um, you know, would like to see if Patrick Peterson has a couple more years left in the tank." I might want to reevaluate from my side too, and then at the end of it, maybe you say, "All right, well, God, we tried hard in 2021. Things just didn't work out. Um, if they do, great. But if they don't, I'm going to go play for the Chiefs, <laughs> or right. I'm going to go play for you know, name your the Bills or whatever. Name your 2022 Super Bowl contender. Exactly. I could see that happening, but it would be. I think it would be. I think I speak for all Vikings fans. It'd be nice to see him retire as a Viking. So. Reckless speculation. So here's the second one, and I think that if I was to put odds on a contract getting done September 11th before the opener on the 12th, this would be the one. It wouldn't be Harrison Smith. Brian O'Neill. But again, to use your term, Phil, the goalposts have moved. Um, he is a right tackle, which is more valuable than it's ever been. It's not a left tackle payday, but it's still significant. And let me give you the two the two players that moved the goalposts. And I don't think O'Neal gets this contract, but it definitely, um, I think probably for his agents, shoots up their ask from the Vikings for him. The Saints recently paid 27-year-old Ryan Ramchek a valued contract of $96 million, which averages $9.2 million per year and guarantees $60 million. If yeah. I'm, that is That is now ahead of Lane Johnson of the Eagles as the top right tackle contract in the league. Yeah. Um, he makes more than a lot of quarterbacks. Exactly right. The other the other one, and th- this is uh, the third highest paid right tackle contract in the league that I believe recently got done uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, was 25-year-old Braden Smith. $70 million, averages $17.5 million per season, $42 million guaranteed. Those are the two contracts, and I think this gets done because O'Neal's young. Um, I'm still not con- – I'm not completely – I'm sort of, but I'm not completely convinced that that at some point in time uh, he doesn't end up at left tackle depending on what happens with Derisaw. Like, I don't think that's going to happen now. I personally – I would have explored it. Yeah. But But my point being is if I had to handicap this one and say between Harrison Smith and Brian O'Neill, one of these two is going to get a contract right before the season starts. As expensive as that is, I think it's O'Neill on part based on term. Because, again, if you go – and with him, you feel safe. If you go long term, now you can start to shift the cap hits around. 
and with a player in his first contract. And the one thing to, to keep in mind, Ryan O'Neill, because he was was he a second round pick or, or third round pick? I think he second, was second round pick. pick. Second round pick. He has yeah. a four year contract, no fifth year option. So he needs to get done as well. But that would be the one that I think Brzezinski, if, if you call it working his magic contractually, the O'Neill contract's the one I think he could work his magic on, and it would make sense to keep this guy long term. So here's what's going to happen. All right, football whisper. Reckless speculation. I I will. I should have put this on the write that down record here. Can I get a write that down prediction here? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll make an example. You guys yeah. care? Decision there. Yeah. So before the the before the ball snaps for the Vikings, week one. Okay. Brian O'Neill will agree to a multi-year contract extension that slots him in. I mean, I don't know how to. I was going to say slightly behind. I'll just say behind Ryan Ramchek and Braden Smith in terms of average annual value. Okay. And I, off the record, I think it'll be slightly behind. So Ryan Ramchek, $19 million a year average annual value. He's last year, according to Pro Football Focus, he was the fifth best right tackle in the NFL. But okay. because he's the he's about to be a free agent, they they're locking him up. He becomes the top paid. It's like every time a new like Matthew Stafford became the top paid quarterback in the NFL like five years ago, not because he was the best, but because it was his time to hit the market. Right. Uh, Braden Smith is the third highest paid right tackle now at seventeen point five million dollars a year. He was graded as the sixth best right tackle in the NFL according to PFF. Brian O'Neill was the 10th best right tackle, which is good. Like, he's an above-average right tackle, which that's good enough. That's what they need, especially with other below-average or question-mark players along the offensive line. So I think the case to be made there by the Vikings is, oh, we'll pay you. We definitely want you around for, like, five more years. We need you around for five more years. You're not quite Ramchek. You're not quite Braden Smith. You're really good. So we're going to give you almost Braden Smith and Ryan Ramchak money. So just That's my so, prediction. Just so I'm sure, before week one, Brian O'Neill will agree to a contract extension that slots him behind Ryan Ramchak, 19 million AAV, and Braden Smith, 17.5 AAV. Yes. So the AAV is what we're looking yeah. at here. Yep. Okay. However, it's characterized I like by it these yep. websites. So there I think that's, that's the football. That's football. That's Reckless speculation. Um, there's actually a huge gap, so I'm just I'm fascinated by these contracts. There's only there's only five tack five right tackles that make more than ten million dollars a year. Ryan Ramchek, Lane Johnson, Braden Smith, uh, is it pronounced Taylor Moten yep. from the Panthers, and then Jack Conklin with the Browns all make fourteen million or more. So I think I think O'Neill's gonna want to be in that group. Yes, he will. He's gonna want to be one of the top five paid right tackles. And if you're the Vikings, you have to do it. And if it honestly, if it if it was between like you can only retain one of those guys. Going forward, Harrison Smith or Brian O'Neill, I mean, it sucks, but like you'd have to say goodbye to Harrison Smith because you you mm-hmm. need that anchor in his mm-hmm. O'Neill's in his prime and he's a really good player. So. The, the one thing that I'm sure Spielman has gone to the Smith camp about is okay, he can play this out, but at his age, if he gets hurt, he's going to take a huge hit there. So like with no guarantees left, and at the age of 32, going into the last year of your contract, do you want to chance it? Because yeah. I'm, I'm sure the Vikings would pay him what we would consider to be handsomely, but you just I I don't see how a guy who was as good as Smith but is now 32, um, Jamal Adams. You know it's great he got paid, but he's 25. Seven years in the National Football League is like 
what, 60 dog years or something. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even, it's, it's not close. Like it's not, well, he's only seven years old. No, that's really old compared to 25. Yeah. So look at you. So I, so sort of Vikings steam whispers, uh, connecting the dots, nuggets. part, Part of it just makes sense. Part, part of it is, you know, that they want to get one of these done in the next two plus weeks. I have heard that the Smith camp saw the Adams contract and said, whoa, hold on a second here. And the Vikings rightfully so probably said, no, let's not hold on. We've been talking in good faith. And again, the age discrepancy there makes a world of difference. And Harrison Smith might be very smart to take one more really good chunk of guaranteed cash. And then if he gets hurt in 2021, guess what? He still gets that chunk of guaranteed cash. Also, like, what a fascinating world that we can't comprehend as just normal people <laughs> when they're probably haggling over like two million dollars. Like, like it's is he going to make nine or twelve? Like, right. it's an it's an amount of money that has zero bearing so, on Harrison Smith's lifestyle or family. So like, you know, here's the, but here's the here's the catch that makes this intriguing to me. So one is, I'm guessing the athletes aren't involved yet. Like, Smith could come in and be like, I'll sign it. Like, I want to be there. To your point, Phil, I'd like to end my career here. I love the coach. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, but I think when when we talk about this, the dynamic we leave out is the percentage the agent gets. And so that extra $2 yeah, the, million. The agent's like, important. I need an extra $100,000. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, so those folks are like, hold on a second. Well, you don't get it. <laughs> if I get $2 million more, I get a lot more in my pocket. Yeah, I was uh, I don't want to unveil too much information here, um, but I was talking Whoa. to a, a sports media agent on behalf of some, like, we're, we're, we're bringing on some contributors, hopefully, fingers crossed for oh, uh, the guy. 2021 season. Dude, yeah, Cook, right? I was talking Bus Cook, uh, but like media agents and one of them was just one of them just locked up a huge industry deal. And uh so we get on the phone to talk about this other client of his, right? And I said, "Hey, man, congrats on congrats on that other deal." And he was like, "Like he talked for he was be beamed for five minutes, like <laughs> oh oh my god, thank you, man, yeah, like like it was like you could just tell like his next five years were just made as an agent because of this other big deal yeah. that he signed, right? Yeah. And I th- I think you're onto something there. Like Harrison Smith probably doesn't care. He's not gonna be mad if like. They short him $2 million. I mean, there's a respect factor at this point in his career. Right. But it's probably like the agent is negotiating still, and we'll oh, we'll see what happens, I guess. But. Reckless speculation. All right. So um, reckless speculation Thursday. Judd Zolgad bringing the nuggets. I cleaned out the notebook right there. Hold on a second here. I got to close it up. You see? There it is. Is, the is old this a reporter's beat pad? Writer. That's or a pocket a, or pad. Or a detective's pad. That's the <laughs> could question. Be, could be either or. Detective you don't know. making his way around town. So also every Thursday on the show, Declan goes back into the social media archives and exposes us for the frauds that we are. It's yes. called Old Tweets Exposed. And today it's powered by Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories for you folks who like to ride and uh, if you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. When the open road calls, head to DennisKirk.com. All right, hit us with it. What do you, what do you got? We were, um, we were talking a little Twins-Yankees earlier this week. That great rivalry, excuse me, dominance, I should say. That has been uh, the Twins and Yankees over the last, I don't know, 18, 19 years. 
So oh my God. we're going to start with oh, Phil. No. And this oh, is actually oh uh, not an old. I'm, I'm, oh, oh, go. My internet is uh, It's glitching. Oh, oh, no. I'm look sorry. at that. Mackie has left the screen. He's now gone. Um, <laughs> we're actually going to go with a old video. And this is. Um, oh, dude. Oh, this is going to be ugly. This is going to be a bloodbath. This is Phil. Phil wins. Live from Times Square. Hey, guys. It's Phil Mackie here. After the show, live from New York City. Hanging out in Times Square. And I came here specifically to make one prediction about the Minnesota Twins. I know they've gotten smoked by the Yankees in 2003, 04, 2009, 10, 17, <laughs> last year. They always get smoked by the Yankees. But I came all the way to New York City in Times Square to make this prediction. This is the year, finally, that the Twins beat the Yankees in the postseason. In fact, Write this down. The Twins will clinch a playoff series against the Yankees right here in New York. And I'm going to tag old takes exposed just to make sure if this is wrong, you can rub it back in my face. All right, get it done, Twins. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Okay, in fairness, in fairness, <laughs> no. in fairness, no. they never had it. They never had the no. chance. They played the Astros. That was two. That was that was February. Of, that was right before the pandemic. By the way, that was like a week before New York City got shut down. I probably had COVID. I shook hands with everyone in New York City a week before the pandemic. They never played the Yankees in the playoffs last year. They played the Astros, right? Yeah. Never had a chance. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to take show I'll show myself. Okay. Yeah, that was, oh, my God. Um, we'll go to me next. We'll go to me next because I also have a Twins I feel like you guys are, this is the, this is the consolation matchup yeah, between you guys yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, this is the Saturday this afternoon. Is just, this is for filling. We fill the time a here. state hockey consolation. Yes. <laughs> and Mariucci. Uh, all right. Oh. September 27th, 2020, just a little less than a year ago. So if the Twins and Yankees end up meeting in the ALCS, are you sheep going to be just bummed out or are you going to embrace slaying the dragon? God, I am juiced in all caps for postseason baseball. Okay. All right. What's wrong with you two? I got to say, man, like, I think I still win. Because I was literally in Times Square doing and, this. Yeah, on video. But you went caps lock on embrace slang the dragon and, and the word juice. <laughs> well, and sheep. 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 A lot to take You're away. You're calling people sheep here. Just, it's condescending Declan. It's a couple. Yeah, that's actually 655. Okay. I don't think I'm a couple cells with them yet. Where did, with my video and your tweet here, mm-hmm. where did this false bravado come from? Like the twins, ha- the twins literally get pounded every time they face the Yankees in the playoffs. And you and I are like, no, man, bring it on. And why was it one more? Why was it last year? Like I would have almost understood this in 19. I think I can explain the timeline. So 2019, they get, they get bounced by the Yankees in three. They signed Josh Donaldson in January. Phil is then in New York shortly thereafterwards. Then all high up on the Josh Donaldson, all high up on his Barrett sports media, feeling it in times square. So he's got a little pep in his step. The 2020 season happens. We're wrapping up that great short pandemic season, and it looks like the Twins were going to play the Yankees before the last week of the season. It did. It was lining up like that. And that's where I was probably all in 
on wanting to slay, quote-unquote, the dragon and being Also, juice. in fairness, if Buxton and Donaldson had been healthy, all right, and they had played the Yankees, they totally would have slayed him. Totally would have slayed him. Okay. I'll, I'll show myself out again. One last one from Judd. Not necessarily a Twins-Yankees one, um, but a Twins comment nonetheless from 2019. Maybe more impressive than the power the Twins have shown for much of this season is the, quote, resilience of this club. Yeah. That's become <laughs> the story of 2019 so to me. Do you remember the comebacks? 11 o'clock, so June 21st. What a resilient super, club. They were super resilient that season. That was one of the most resilient even, clubs in even, baseball history. I'm not really. even in the conversation on, on this old tweets, old video. No, clubs. you're not. But let's not brush away the fact that you think this team that just got absolutely rickrolled in the playoffs hey, in 2019. At least I was resilient. saying in 19. I got sucked <laughs> in in 19. You two suckers got sucked in 2020. When the Yankees had disposed of them again in three games the year before. Actually, have you ever, Judd, has anyone ever rickrolled you? Where they send you, they send you a link. Hey, you should check out this article, and you click, and it's just, it's a Rick Astley music video. Never gonna Maybe. give you up. Maybe. Yeah, up. I don't. Remember, That's the, I like like the twins. The twins in the playoffs for the last twenty years is just a long running rickroll. It's like, all right, hey, check out this hey, twins and Astros. Let's get pumped, and you click on. It, it's like never gonna give you up. It's just a troll. The Twins in the playoffs is a troll. All Resilient. I know is last night we came back. We came back in extras after Columet melted down. And by the time the game was done on BSN, sure. I thought everything was fine. Well, and you guys have, great. I mean, and I feel like you guys owe the audience an apology. You have sat here and savaged Jake Cave all season on this yep. show. I, for one, yep. never lost faith in Jake Cave. Lot, and he you? hit that bomb last night, yeah. the cushion that they needed. Oh, it was huge. Without that, it's a tie game. I mean, yeah, come on. Epic. And Alex Colomay, um, you know, His a little bit, a little bit of again. some wind blowing out. I feel like that was a can of corn. It was really gusty last night in Boston. Kyle so Schwarber was a great bat toss. He hit that. He hit that ball. He's like, "Yep." Uh, I will say too. Miguel Sano hit the longest home run of the season last night. That was a ridiculous bomb. Not his longest home run though. He, Ever he you hit, saying? Yeah, since Statcast started in 2015, he had a 496, I think, against the White Sox. Yeah, and this was 495. Mm. It was a shot. I would send that video to every general manager in baseball and yep. ask for their best offer as soon as the season's over. Yep, it keeps up the. It keeps up though the. Uh, the comp I think that you, you made a long time ago, and he's probably not this good. Adam Dunn, yeah. it's Dave Kingman, Adam Dunn. I mean, those guys. Look, the home runs are fun. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. sort Rob of like Deer. a relationship which has benefits, and then you can't stand the person the rest of the time. Yep, <laughs> you, you fight like eighty percent of the you time. Fight, but but you... when you're not fighting, it's fun. It's great. Yeah, it, it's a 496 foot home run, 495 <laughs> maybe. Uh, I do want to. I do want to mention that you guys are going to be hanging out with Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily listeners in the Gophers uh, Miami of Ohio in a suite for Gophers Miami of Ohio September 11th. If you guys want to come, cheers a couple drinks with Judd and Dex, and get a pair of Chill Boys or two, the most comfortable underwear ever. Right you now. can register to hang out on the Score North app. Just open the Score North app; it's free, and go to the reward section. And uh, you Where's can hang the out with these two knuckleheads. Where's the rouser? How how can you do that sorry, without the rouser? Sorry, I was on the uh, I was on the old tweets exposed page. There we go. 
Let's get yeah, it. Sports on, sports football. And Tanner Morgan's going to slay my Emmy Ohio and take the wow. Big Ten West. There you go. Wow, dude. Look at that this guy right here. Go Huskies. Let's go. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> my prediction three seltzers in. Declan will announce. I really don't care about the Gophers. Let's talk about St. Cloud State. Yeah. And then they'll throw him over the balcony yeah. into the, the lower section. The and that'll be the end of Declan. Uh, all right, that's a wrap. I'm Mackie and Judd. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. We just want championships. That's all we really want around here. We're raising the bar, raising expectations. We'll see you guys over on Purple Daily. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton. Motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.